secret spaces and hidden places. There's something magical about them. Cubbies, forts, dens, treehouses, whatever you want to call them. Children are absolutely hardwired to design and create these havens that shelter them from the ever-watchful and ever-present eye of the adults. In this episode, we talk all things cubby building and why we should be creating more opportunities for children to engage in this adventurous play. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in, and join us on this next adventure. Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Cabby Cabby and Gubby Gubby people. We honour their song lines and storylines and pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Raising Wildlings podcast. We're your hosts, Vicky Oliver and Nikki Farrell. Look, it's been a really long time since we've been on the podcast together. <laughs> yes. We've had so many really cool guests um, and they're sharing so many amazing stories and knowledge, but we thought it was time to get the gang back together again. With the school holidays soon approaching, we were wanting to talk about the childhood rite of passage in building cubbies. And on that note, we still have some spaces left in our Sunshine Coast holiday program. Brisbane is completely sold out, but if you'd like to come and join us for fire and bush cooking or to whittle some primitive weapons or make some bow and arrows or come for an adventure day, then come and just jump on our website, wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash bookings. We really hope we get to see you there. And if they love making secret spaces, we also have that advanced shelter building session running these holidays as well. And in saying that, they do, they really love making secret spaces. And, you know, around the world, they're called different things, whether it's a cubby or a den or a fort. Children just want to be hidden from the world and in particular, they do want to be hidden from the watchful eyes of us, the adults. Yes. But cubbies are not just a structure, right? They really become the centre of a very complex imaginative play that can involve a narrative and cooperation and negotiation. And it's in these moments children are learning more than we could ever hope to teach them in the classroom. And there are really some important things that we need to consider as educators and parents. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. So building shelters allows children to interact with their natural environment through challenge and creative play. So for example, today I was at an excursion up in Gympie. It was beautiful weather and we saw children using natural loose parts and they were manipulating and experimenting. They were cooperating and communicating and there was all sorts of ways that they were individually seeking opportunities to engage in risky play. So these adult-free secluded spaces are really important for children. So like we all know that shelter is one of our most basic human needs and cubby building just seems to be an innate behaviour in children. And not only is it, it can be really challenging, but it's really, really fun. I know that even as an adult, I I mean, our job is to not go and build the cubbies for children. <laughs> However, when we do engage in that sort of play it's so much fun and it is really challenging and even for adults I was running a cubbies and shelters professional development workshop for some educators in Brisbane a few weeks ago 
And it's just as challenging for adults as as it is for children. It's funny, I've noticed in the cooler months that the children are cubby building more. So at Forest Kindy this week, they naturally, we had um, some trees locked by an arborist because we had some dangerous, you know, quote unquote, dangerous limbs that had to be cut down on the property. Not our choice, but anyway, that's another, that's another conversation (laughs) another day. But it was an immediate and very natural uh, invitation to play for them because there were big branches and big logs down. But we have parents attend our kindy and the parents couldn't help themselves either. There was log rolling and the most epic Y-shaped shelter built with parents and children. So Mm. it really is some kind of almost biological urge to build, I think, make ourselves shelter. It is. And we may want to initiate that cubby building with children, but look, in reality, Children will initiate this activity all on their own. As long as they've got the resources and the time, they will engage for hours in creating, recreating, adding to, you know, the villages that we've had at our cubby building workshops. And mm-hmm. they create things like post boxes and <laughs> what are, so like, you know, and it's not always just houses. It can be, you know, um, oh, observatories or partnerships. Yes. Photo frames. Yeah, the, all these know, different the tables or, or lettering to say this is my, you know, today we had a, a tea house, so they were creating the letter T out of shape. So there's literacy skills even being in built into cubby building. Absolutely. And so um, when you're in nature, it provides all of the resources you need. Mm. You, you can use, you know, palm fronds and tree branches and sticks and logs and bamboo and all of that sort of stuff. There's so many things that what, whatever's in your space you can use. However, you can also encourage cubby building with man-made materials as well. Yeah, so some of the things that we bring to excursions or down to forest kindy sometimes, and again, we're not instigating this. If sometimes I've brought the tubs down, I don't know if you have as well, Vicky, but Mm. I've brought them down assuming that if I put them out that they'll play with them and they've opened the box and gone, "Mm, not today. today. And that's what forest school is. We have to remember that that philosophy is, it's free choice. It's free play, how they want to. And we're providing the time and the space and the resources, but only the resources if they want them. Yeah. So um, and particularly in our loose parts programs, the things that we'll bring that will help to encourage or, you know, further their endeavours when they're cubby building are the tarps and the tent pegs um, and sheets mm. as well. We steered away from using sheets because they were just well, they got so filthy. They're so filthy because one of our awesome <laughs> staff members was testing them to see how waterproof their cubbies were. And so they got very, very wet with buckets of water going over the top. So the sheets we sometimes bring out, but um, and we collected those from op shops. But if you're going to do that, then really opt for the non white ones. Yes, we highly recommend dark or army coloured sheets. <laughs> yeah, and um, a lot of people actually do use those like camo, like nets and stuff like that. You can mm. buy specialty tarps or cargo-y sort of shelter building materials as well. Um, we just haven't opted to use those at the moment. It's always good to have hammers or mallets so that if they are using tent pegs or if you're creating your own pegs out of timber, like so whittling mm. them down or using an axe to create them, all your own mallets out of wood exactly. as well, wooden logs. Everything can be made in the forest. And so if you are using those tools, and we usually have our sawhorse and our saw down there um, it's with our safety gloves, and then, you know, things like twine or uh, wax cotton or utility rope so that they can actually make sure that those structures are stable. Mm, I would say the rope, once they see the rope, because sometimes the tarps is not enough for them, yeah. but they see the rope and they go, right, 
now I can build. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then you can use other things like crates and pallets, even cardboard boxes. There's a really great uh, little sets called Make Do Kits and they help to connect cardboard boxes together. They're really cool. They're fantastic fun. Um, and, mm. and they've been really good in those situations. I know that we've done a workshop with the hospital, is that right? Mm. So children that yeah. weren't able to go out in nature and, and so cardboard boxes were a really good option. That was, yeah, and that was really fun. Yeah. So all those kind of things. So what are the benefits of cubbies and shelters other than just good old-fashioned fun? There are so many, yeah. so, so many. Let's start with the really obvious one um, in their physical mm. development. So obviously when you are picking up branches and logs and bamboo, you're lifting and twisting and crouching and reaching. All of these movements are natural consequences of building and the construction of cubbies. So they're getting a good workout using their muscles in ways that are natural movements as well. So it's not like when you're going to a HPE class and you're doing really specific movements. It's all very natural, which is really important for the body in in terms of building that strength. Yeah, and, I, you know, we kind of joke down at Forest School that it's the kids' CrossFit, but it's not really a joke. Yeah, no. (laughs) They move their bodies and lift them in ways you just can't quite often do without these kind of natural resources around. Exactly. Yeah, one of the other really obvious ones is fine and gross motor development because children can really, you know, they can put their hands and fingers to work. They're threading and weaving and pulling materials or palm fronds together and tying knots and some of the things that they create in these cubbies, you know, the cups of tea with the the little gum nuts and they're sitting and they're having meetings and whatnot. It's really cute. <laughs> it's so but cute. But it is. It's it's so cute. We had a little, um, we ended up having our gratitude circle in the shelter we built at Kindy this week because they didn't want to leave. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's perfect. It's so good. But there was so much fine and gross motor development in that. And when, as you mentioned that, one of the other benefits is that connection to space. So they're developing the knowledge mm. of their surroundings so that they continue to build upon their understanding of this special space that they spend time in. And, um, you know, building that code, like you say, you've got to spend your gratitude circle in that particular cubby because they just loved it so much I know that we're planning on going on a camping trip and one of the first things one of the parents said was this really amazing natural cubby space that the kids all gravitate to Mm. so they will have that connection to that space which is so amazing one of my favorite things is the cooperative and collaborative teamwork that you see Mm. whether it's lifting the log or one person holding it while the other person ties it or the negotiation of who's going to use the tar. <laughs> or who's, who's, who's a bamboo was that? That was mine. That was mine. No, that was that mine. No, it was I mine. Mine was the green yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, they do go into those arguments, but then they're also learning how to resolve those arguments and they're supported in that environment. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But I, I think and the, that sense of pride that comes from building something with their own hands mm. when they've done that that collaborative teamwork, it's we always say down there, you know, five hands are better than one. Yeah, so. and one of the things I find really interesting a lot of the time, um, particularly in workshops with children who don't know each other. So, I mean, we, we do a lot with school, so all the children uh, know each other and they work together in groups because they know who they like working with. But in holiday programs, it's a bunch of kids who do not know each other thrown in together. Mm. You get that random child that just wants to work on their own. And sometimes that works really well and they work on their own. And then there's sometimes they just need that little bit of time to try their idea on their own and then work out <laughs> that actually what that person over there is doing is really good or someone else goes, oh, I like your idea and I think you need some help. And then they actually start making friends and working together. 
And I love mm. watching that. I love watching that unfold or just making that really gentle suggestion to them if I see they're getting really frustrated is trying to find that opportunity to pair children together so that they can work together to support their goal, mm. which is a, a really amazing thing to watch. Which leads exactly what you've been talking about is that problem solving, mm. but also the planning. Like you said, you've got the lone wolf planners that are like, I remember I'm just going to awful throwback to my uni days and group projects. <laughs> where I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just do oh, this myself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but then eventually you're like, you know what? Actually, I do need some help. But it's that it's these are the kids that those spa- those kids that have great spatial awareness and they want to visualize and plan or these the budding engineers. Mm. We also do find um, there's managers and people that quite, you know, have their hands in their pockets and will tell people where they need things. But it works because they're using those communication skills and people will let them know if they're not happy being spoken to like that. Exactly. And they do. They really do. They do. And it gives them an opportunity to practice those skills, mm. you know, and it's it's just so less threatening because it's not like a school project, like you say, like at uni where you're throwing together and there's something at stake at the end of it, you know, and I'm going to do mm. all the work and everyone's going to get an A because I did it all myself. It's not like that because you're all wanting the best outcome. You know, yeah, it's so extrinsically motivated. Yeah, absolutely, and that also helps to inspire some of that creativity and supporting that imaginative play that I mentioned right at the start. So, as I said, you know, that cubby could be a pirate ship one day. It could be a treehouse. I mean, we call our cubby building area the treehouse, um, yeah. and it's not—it's not in a tree. It's a big, I don't know why we called it that, but that's what it's no, called. It's got a I special don't, name because it's just one giant log. Down. Yeah. <laughs> This is the tree. This is the treehouse. If we, you know, if everyone's like, oh, they're down at the treehouse, we know where that is. But the amount amount of imaginative play that goes on in that area is that is the imaginative play area. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. If we're going to divide our space into that. Yeah. That's where that's where it happens. Yeah, and I love watching. You know, they build little paths, so they'll go and collect rocks, and they'll line their little paths together, and they're planting flowers. Yeah. They go and find branches and plant their trees, and there's so much beautiful home pride. And then you know, <laughs> the imaginative play can be really intense as well. So mm. you know, where they're invading each other's spaces. So like that's actually tricky to manage sometimes um knowing Mm. when to sit sit back and let them go and knowing when to step in when you feel things are going a little bit too far that's a challenge for educators but that's that imaginative role play and that rough and tumble play combined with the secret spaces it's complex but it's such a great opportunity for children so worth it and you know they need to be practicing those skills particularly those conflict skills mm. now not when they're 18 with a beer under their belt exactly you know, they they need to be learning how to negotiate with no violence <laughs> at this age and this yeah. is how we can practice this in in what feels to them very real that's right the personal risk assessment is so huge so that's an, another really amazing benefit it's learning to adjust and change due to the uncertainty that can happen with building a cubby you know they have to risk mm. assess where they're putting their cubby, whether or not they're going to be able to fit in their cubby altogether, whether it's safe enough to be in their cubby, whether it's going to protect them from whatever they think they need to be protected from. And children aren't able to make good decisions unless we let them make decisions and being able to create the wonderland that is their secret space really allows them to do that personal risk assessment. It's so important. I can't emphasise that enough. No. And 
you know, the only time you should really be stepping in in cubbies is if you think that a, a branch that is higher than their head is going to come down on mm. their head. And that's and that's not you stepping in and saying, be careful. It's, hi, I've noticed that this branch looks a little loose and it looks like it might fall on your head if it falls off. What could you do about yeah. that? What's your plan? What What's your plan? Does this feel safe? Does this branch feel safe? Yeah. So it's we're not going in to save them. We're not being saviors. It's letting them problem solving it, but letting them become aware of the potential risk. Mm, which then also leads us to language development. So we can mm, be using love new this. and complex vocab uh, when we're creating. So things like weaving and threading and looping, and particularly for little kids, um, you know, loop mm. and stack and shelter and you it can know. be really simple. Is this dry? Is it warm? Yeah. What What's dead wood? What does design and construct and camouflage mean? Mm. But that's all, it's it's vocab. It's so good because it's in the moment and it's relative and it's in their hot little hands at the moment so they retain it so much better. And that emotional vocabulary as well. So when they're mm. needing to express their needs and ideas with their peers to communicate, they can do that and they have an opportunity to be able to use the words they need to work and we can support them through that in those situations and give them the words and help them to find the words that they need to express their needs to their friends. And our final benefit and probably my favourite because it's it's just weaved all throughout Forest School Links so naturally is growth mindset. Mm. You know, building cubbies very naturally helps children be okay with failure when something doesn't work because they're still so determined to put it up, so determined to get a roof on that heart that they'll just keep going and going and going and no one's saying that it has to be finished and it has has to look like this and it has to be this and it has to be graded. It's just do you love it? Yeah. And they do. And some of you, you would have seen the same, particularly when we have kindy and, you know, we're down there or even in holiday programs and someone says, uh, you know, can you teach me or not? And you start teaching them and they go, oh, don't worry, I've got it. Yes. They're, so, they're so keen to go and have a go, but then they might come back halfway through when they haven't been so successful. Yeah. And they'll come and ask again for a knot. Or the little ones will come and say, you know, I've done, my cubby's finished. And they've got one branch lent against one tree <laughs> and they've thrown a sheet over and they'll play in there for three that's hours. That's it. it will, and so it was that, and that's the hard thing too. Like, you know, the three hours that we um, usually allocate for a holiday program or um, a lot of our programs are three hours in length is not three hours of solid building. It allows no. for the building, which can literally take five minutes <laughs> from selection of material to finished, but then they have two hours and 55 minutes to then play in that mm. cubby that they've created. So good. And so that's good. often the, their most favourite part of the session as well. Mm. So if we want to support children through this, our role is obviously to keep them safe. But there's some things that you can discuss with children, like even if it's your own kids and, and you're playing with shelters for survival, for example, there's a there's a few things you can talk to them about, like the layout of the land. So you can talk about where the sun rises or sets um, and if you had like an actual shelter that you were looking at keeping you warm which is the purpose of them. You can look at which way, which way is the wind coming from? Are there any slopes? Like where would water pool? Because um, And talk about like if you were actually trying to go lost in the woods, you know, where would you put a shelter? Where wouldn't you put a shelter? You can have some of those discussions as you're going. And it makes the session, it gets them really animated mm. and it just gives them again, they get so much pride for, from feeling like they're doing adult things where they need to be responsible and really thoughtful in what they do. Yeah. So, 
Another thing to take note of is what is already in the space that can be used to build from or mm. user support structures. And that's the the entire reason. We, we didn't, when we first came and discovered our nature space, we didn't go down and say, oh, that area is going to be the cubby space. The children chose that. Mm. It's, it's in a natural old uh, flood zone, a creek, a dry creek bed that only floods, you know, once or twice a year. And so every, once or twice a year we get new debris that gets yeah. washed down there. But there's a giant log against some beautiful giant camphor laurels that provides this hollow and these beautiful support structures that make cubby building, particularly for their littles, so much easier. Mm. And children naturally gravitate to them. But every now and then we get a child that's just determined to make a teepee. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they'll succeed and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And that's okay. Oh, easy. <laughs> um, and then you can ask them, like, what kind of materials are you going to use? And then you can have a talk about the shape of them and what their purpose is. And you don't have to give them the answers. You can just ask them the questions to get them thinking about it a little bit more. Um, you don't have to ask any questions in all all honesty, but sometimes you might want to. Sometimes it's, mm. you know, it, it, particularly if this is not coming from an educational perspective or a programming perspective, if you're doing this with your family, like if you're camping or something like that and they're wanting you to be part of it, then you can have those conversations with them as well. And then you can do fun things like does this shelter, you know, does it shelter you from the weather? You can test that. You can be the fun one. Yes. There is a bucket of water. Our kids shelter. love that. It's is so it waterproof? Fun. <laughs> no. No, they were going to get that wet during a cubby building session. <laughs> and and testing, you know, is mm. it strong and will it stand secure? Mm. I'm going to come around and I'm, I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to give it a shake. Yeah. What's going to fall down? Yep perhaps suggest they're not in under it while you're doing the show. <laughs> and can we leave this up um, or do we have to take it down? Can we leave these materials here? Is this going to be safe for mm. someone else to stumble upon? And some other questions you can ask are where will the access points be? Mm. We, we hardly ever need to ask this because they've always got secret doors and secret tunnels and every now and little again. access yeah, points. Every now and again they'll be like, how do you get into this one? And they're like, oh, door. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But most of the time they've got it completely figured out. And then do you need to change anything? Can it make it work better or can we join them together? You know, that, they're not mm. questions you have to ask, but sometimes these have just come to mind um, in the moment where it's just helping to support, you know, further them or to just make them think a little bit more about what they're doing or to extend them. Because, you know, if you find yeah. there's a bit of a lull, um, you can just use mm. those questions to, to reignite. And particularly if you're in a school setting, there's always those children that feel like they need to finish first. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the it's a great thing to ask is what could we add? How could you decorate it? What you know, what what about, you know, accessorizing picture mm. frames and mailboxes and gardens? You know, we've had children have create lake houses and pool houses. Mm. So yeah. And one thing we would also like to point out is how are we going to manage these natural resources sustainably? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we have children come down and go, can I borrow the saw and the garden loppers? Yeah, and you <laughs> know go, what they're about to do. <laughs> What's your our favourite question? What's your plan? Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to chop this. Well, that's a native. Yeah, so no. you're not you going know, to touch any of use, the palms down here. That's right. Mm. And this over here, we keep it. We, so we have our cubby building area, and that's, that's the area we're allowed to use whatever's on the ground. But then the rest of our site, we leave those sticks there and we leave them there for, for animal habitat and bird habitat and just to decompose and keep our forest healthy. So that's great environmental stewardship. Mm. It's how we teach our kids to look after an area and to think about, 
you know, that what this land is used for other than this one project in this moment. Yeah. It's how do we look after this for the next seven generations? And on that point, just so you know, one of the challenges of, of running our business is that sometimes we do need to bring in the natural materials so that we can preserve mm. our space. So um, if you're ever, ever wondering, like, what goes on behind the scenes, sometimes it can be hours cutting down bamboo. Hours. Tying it up in the top of trailers. <laughs> having your hands full of spiky bamboo bamboo splinters, splinters. having your child being bitten by jumping ants in a bamboo pile <laughs> on the side oh, I remember of the highway. That <laughs> That's the sort of thing that happens uh, when you are running a business like this. It's not uncommon for us to be doing that. And one of the yeah. first things that we were like, maybe we should outsource that particular activity because it is, it's very labour intensive. Yeah, and when you look at our fees and you wonder why it costs a certain amount for a cubby, shelter mm. that's because we've spent six hours harvesting bamboo <laughs> so that it doesn't shred your children's fingers yeah. it's there is so much behind the scenes that people don't see behind any small business mm. so whatever you purchase from a small business please remember that we do the biggest happy dance and that you're literally putting food on our family's tables so thank you if you've thank ever you. participated yes. in any of our sessions or purchased anything from our shop or just even just mentioned our business to a friend yeah. because that's literally how this business has been built and of the good good word of, of our friends so thank you Watching our wildlings create secret spaces is honestly something beautiful to observe. We're so honoured to be able to provide the time, the space and the support to encourage this much, much loved childhood activity. One of the ways in which you can support your child during risky play is to be very mindful and intentional with the language we use. We're all guilty of defaulting to be careful. So we've helped create a little cheat sheet of what to say when your child is engaged in risky play. Now, this is a free downloadable sheet that has some great ideas to swap out for the be carefuls to something more helpful, such as what is your plan or do you feel safe there? So to get your free risky play language cheat sheet, just head to www.wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash free dash downloadables. And as always, we love doing this journey with you. So until next time, stay wild. Stay wild. Stay wild.